Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Hey, thank Hello. you very much, producer Mr. E. Hey, thank you. Hey. Hey, I got something special for you guys. Oh? It's a little treat from me. Uh, I have a buddy named Bobby, and he has his own custom lighter business. Okay. So he'll take like normal Bic lighters and put basically anything you request on it, any artwork, movie posters, whatever. Oh. So I have these for you guys. These are custom, better than most things, lighters. (gasps) Where are they? (laughs) Oh. There you go. Oh, Oh, these are dope. Neato. Yeah. So uh, if you want to see a picture of the quality and what our logo and everything on the lighter looks like, go ahead and check our Instagram. And if you want to inquire and see other ones he's done or maybe purchase them yourself, they're $5 each, which is a very reasonable price in my opinion. He can be found at Instagram and his handle is at Bad Habit Lighters. So, Bobby, once again, thank you very much. Bad habit. It's straight to the point. Yeah. Like, nothing good starts yeah. with a lighter, right? Nope. <laughs> it actually works as a lighter, too. Yeah. It functions. It functions, too. Who knew? Son of a bitch. <laughs> thank yes, you thank you very much, much Bobby. Yes. It's I never want to almost use these sometimes, because, like, smoking weed out of them, you just always cake up the bottom right corner or left corner, one of the corners, basically. So, I'm always, I know when I have other wraps, sometimes I take them off just because I feel like I'm, like, melting plastic or something it does yeah smoking cellophane but this one i'll have to try actually it feels kind of like well constructed so it's very nice quality we'll see yeah i used to be in the print industry and i like this i like this because you know we've we've bought lighters before that from conventions and from other stuff and usually it's just like a a printer paper out of a normal home printer and then they take some packing uh tape and wrap it around and cut off the excess and there's your lighter Bob's your uncle. yeah but this looks uh this is nice way more legit than that for yeah. sure i'm very curious how you actually did it what you drinking there hoshan i am drinking uh, a rum and coke with havana club and all melted ice so you know it's rum coke water nice. <laughs> now okay what are you drinking? Uh, water right now. Ah. But uh, I have a question for you. Um, would you drink a uh, rum and coke, but have it in an ice cream form instead? I don't see if why not. Possible. I'll try. Well, I mean, I, like, I'd have to eat it, right? Basically, I guess so. Would it still be alcoholic? Yes. Ooh, sure. The exact why not? same ratio, according to this new machine. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I'll, I'll try anything once. Well, also too, if you think about it too. If you uh, usually ice cream is non-alcoholic because the freezing point of alcohol is really really low. So the point that if you ah, really if you really freeze mm. alcohol, it's basically inedible. Okay. So this new uh, machine called the Below Zero machine uh, will turn any beverage into ice cream in under thirty minutes. That's why Jello shots are so hard to make, right? Not necessarily the oh, freezing yeah. temperature, but just the alcohol in them makes the concentration all sorts they of They take weird. all day. Yeah. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. They take a while to set, right? If yes. they don't set properly. Correct. Yeah, it's really? in the fridge. Yeah, it's like Master it Chef the fridge. Okay, okay. So, like I said, this is the Below Zero machine. It crystallizes the alcohol uh, beverage in about a half an hour, and the alcohol by volume percentage remains exactly the same. So, a beer in the can, and then you throw that in the machine, it becomes a little ice cream that will be equal to one beer as well. Huh. I don't know how beer would. Do. I was gonna say rum and coke. You got lucky with that one. Imagine like 
Red Bull and vodka. That would not make a good yeah. ice cream. I was thinking yeah. maybe your White Claws, possibly, because don't they come in different like, little fruity flavors That'd be like or a something? sherbet or something. Or something <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> three different White Claws, three different flavor White Claws. <laughs> so this technique was developed by uh, WDS Dessert Stations in the USA. And so here's how they do it. So basically, first, the drink is decarbonated to remove the carbon dioxide. That was that was one of my hurdles. I was okay. thinking, like, ooh, I wonder what that does. Okay, so yeah, they remove yeah, so the... Get, yeah, get they that. stir it with a spoon like you do with your beer. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> so then it's mixed with a nitrogen ingredient additive gel. That's okay. basically the magic behind all this is this gel. Mm. And then all – so basically the, the – let's say your rum and coke is added to some nitrogen ingredient additive gel. Then it's added to the machine. And then boom, ice cream in 30 minutes. Yeah. La, la, la. And so basically here's what the inventor says about it. His name's Will Rogers. He goes, the way it truly works, we like to say the gel bear hugs the alcohol itself and turns it into ice cream. It didn't explain anything. Well, it, made, it kind of does. Like, <laughs> good point, mystery. Like, I was like, I was like, how do I? Hmm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and like, it just bear hugs the ice. It bear hugs the alcohol. Mm. I know. I like. I so wish if I bear said, hug yeah, you, do you turn just, into ice cream? Yeah, right? like, hmm, it means you know, it goes. The gel goes up to the alcohol and hugs it and keeps it there. Science, so, bitch. It's science, man. You know, that's how. Oh, all I get it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> and so he's almost calling it like a new freezing point for alcohol because, like, like we said before, but if you had to freeze it so much, it'd be inedible. And so now you can freeze it, and it gets locked up by this gel, and you can basically consume it like a ice cream. Yeah. So you're freezing the gel. The I'm assuming the freezing point of the gel is higher than the freezing point of the alcohol itself. So you're freezing the gel around the alcohol and suspending it. I'm assuming something like that. That's right. Exactly. Like somehow it either changes the the gel forms to some bond or something. Yeah, okay. I like your I like I like yours better. Almost like surrounds the alcohol. Probably it does it crystallizes it, so it does does something. So is this a machine I can buy at home? Yes. Oh. It is. Like I said, it's called the Below Zero Machine. And um, I'm telling you all about it because I'll give you the price of how much it costs to buy. Well, I do think this Kickstarter will make their... <laughs> made There's no their Kickstarter on this one. It's, it's already been Kickstarted. It's already a full-fledged machine. Oh, wow. But that's what happens accidentally, though. Like, I read about something cool at the end. It goes, by the way, it's a Kickstarter. I'm like, uh-huh. God. I'm uh-huh. like, Actually, I purposely did not do a story because it tricked <laughs> me again. So, I mean, I'll do it next week, but... Dude, how many of those stories do you run into where it's like the headline is so fucking awesome yeah. and then you read it and it's garbage it's and wasted five minutes of my life? Oh, well, it's or I start reading it. I'm like, I'm not even sure if I can explain it because I don't get it. <laughs> even after reading it a couple of times, like there's one about the water metal one. I keep seeing it over and over again, like they turn a piece of water into metal. And I'm like, cool. And then I read it I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's, it's something to do with electricity. They run some stitch to it. It's like, see, it's technically metal. And I don't know. I didn't get why I should be like, just the title's the coolest part. Yep. Yep. Kind of deal. <laughs> Um, so, okay, yeah, back to the uh, blah, 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 the below zero machine. Uh, what we're trying to figure out is, uh, I'm going to tell you how much it is, but one more thing about this this gel, basically. Like I said, it lets alcohol freeze, and then it also, you know, allows you to add sugar to it, too. But um, it's FDA approved, and this stuff's pasteurized. So okay. Can we see a picture of it? I don't have a picture. I did see, a, there was a video I almost showed you, but it literally was okay. like, Five seconds okay. looped over and over again of like some shit mixing. Okay. So I'm going to say it looks like almost like a slurping machine. You just see shit mixing like. Okay. You know. Um, but uh, like I said, it's available for bars at a blank price. You guys have to guess what it is. Okay. And then one more thing is even though we're calling it ice cream, it's technically a sorbet because it contains no dairy. Well, then why is it pasteurized? I don't know. <laughs> right, that's what they said. <laughs> well, pasteurized, doesn't that mean just like. Killing bacteria and stuff. Yeah, but usually you pasteurize dairy. Well, I think so you what pasteurize, pasteurize stuff too, like just to make sure there's no what bacteria. It, I, I guess I don't know. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I'm ignorant. 
to I the cooking world. So I don't necessarily know the difference between a sorbet and a traditional ice cream or even a frozen yogurt. You know what I mean? So I only know from this because this article says it's a sorbet because it contains no dairy. So there's no dairy, but it is say it's pasteurized. I thought pasteurized meant like killing bacteria. Like, can you? Pa- I have a I have a question. You think can you pasteurize a a jar of pickles? Fuck if I know. (laughs) Can you look that up? (laughs) Okay, so I have the definition of sorbet here. It's a dessert consisting of frozen fruit juice or flavored water and sugar. So that's what the white. So it's like a it's like a slushy. It is essentially a slushy. It is basically. It's they call it ice cream, but it is. It looks all kind of looks like that Dole Whip stuff you see at Disneyland, or you know, like the Hawaiian smoothie ice creamy. Stuff by the yeah 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 adventure land yeah totally totally <laughs> yeah, okay you know what I'm talking about yeah okay I try it so uh, this machine I'm guessing is going to cost okay. you by the way, I looked up oh, I, yeah. it's like I looked up can you pasteurize a jar of pickles and there's like all these like how do you pasteurize pickles how do you pasteurize pickles at home yeah. <laughs> Are you serious yes yeah, so pasteurize it's not just a fucking dairy thing we all learned something here today it's like I said it's I think it's killing bacteria you pasteurize stuff fair enough okay fair enough all right uh, Let's get that clear. I'm going to say... So, yeah, how much does this cost if you want to buy it for your bar? Oh, American. Because you have to buy the gel, too, which is separate. And that's oh, the I real key ingredient. I don't have any here. gel prices. So, you're, so, by the way, I just have the machine price. But you're, you're, you're right. I didn't think about that. They're going to get you with that gel. Okay. I'm going to say 2500 Okay. Mystery. That's a $1,400 machine right there. Cool. This will be uh, roughly $6,000. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> And in a half hour, we'll turn any <laughs> alcoholic drink into a sorbet, as we should say, not an ice cream. So if you own a bar and you buy one of these machines, what drink are you putting in there that you think people are going to buy? In ice cream mm. form. In ice cream form. What are you banking on? Because this you can't White just... Russian. White Russian. How many, <laughs> how, many, how many times have you been to a bar and seen someone order a white Russian? All the time. Really? Yeah. No shit. <laughs> what bars are you going to? <laughs> I Same don't know. friend order, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The guy, the owner, he says he likes a vodka and lemonade cone is my personal favorite on a hot day. It's like having an Italian ice cream. That's, so vodka lemonade is what he likes. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. Yeah, it had to be something fruity, like a daiquiri or, you know. I think, yeah, I'd say hmm. something fruity. That's why I thought his uh, White Claws would be the best. Like, I think they even mentioned this article, like, yeah, beer is just, you know. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, you, you could do that, but, you know, think probably vodka or something Beer like that. Beer was, oh my God. I was yeah. Too, what I, the hell would that even work? I don't know. Well, also, I don't want to talk shit on this product because I think it sounds good, but, like, it'd have to be something fruity and delicious because I don't think booze tastes good. No one does. It's like, oh, I want some Jack Daniels ice. Blah, 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 blah. This tastes so right, great. I'd right. be taking, like, like I'd have to have a, a chaser with the ice cream type of deal. That's <laughs> why yeah. moonshine is not a uh, mainstream exactly. thing. Yeah. Moonshine Jesus. ice cream. And have you he... ever had moonshine? I have. Oh my god! I had a it's neighbor. pure rubbing alcohol. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I had a neighbor. Um, she was ancient. She did uh, grandma status, and uh, you know I like to call her the oldest living Confederate widow. Yes. <laughs> she was just fucking ancient. <laughs> that was a that was a joke I cribbed from the Drew Carey show. By okay, the way, gotcha. Okay. Um, and so uh, she would make moonshine on the stove. And I just remember one time she dipped her spoon into the vat of moonshine, pulled it up, lit it on fire. And then she held it between us so I could see the flame. Uh-huh. And you can't see the flame. All you saw was ripples. Oh, wow. You knew it was on fire, but the flame burned clear. That sounds wow. It was dangerous. And then, like, and then she injected it into her veins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the way, she would buy Marlboro Reds 
tear off the filter and then smoke them. Like that was her thing. Wow. Yeah, she was a soldier. Oh no, my grandpa had no no filter cigarettes. You used too. to tell me the stories too. Yeah, yeah, yeah no filter cigarettes. And like <laughs> yeah. I remember, like one point they checked his lungs and it was they said they were free and clear. He went to the poster <laughs> and that shit. Like, wow. He was not shy with those things. You could take off a. Uh, like a painting off the wall and see where you where it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've told you guys this story before, but back to the Confederate widow. Uh, one of my favorite moments in life, I'll never forget this, is uh, I was helping my buddy clean his boat next door, and it was his grandma. So we're cleaning out his boat, and we're pulling out like life jackets and pool toys and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and just hosing things down and wiping and whatnot. And deck hands. Yeah, we're deck hands, exactly. Yeah. And... Um, she walks up and she's like, hey, Sean, you want to see something funny? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, go for it. She picks up one of the pool toys, one of the inflatable pool toys that's already inflated, one like the raft. Uh-huh. She takes her cigarette and pops it. Oh. And the buddy I'm standing there with, he's like, what the hell? Whoa. And she turns to me. She goes, wasn't that funny? <laughs> oh, my God. No I'll never given. forget that. Jesus, what a savage. Oh, I know. Holy Big time. Shit. I thought that was going to be a porno opening like, oh. I'll never forget this. Like, do you want to see something? Then just show the boobs. <laughs> That's hilarious. They pick them up off the floor and move on. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how many Kyles do we know in our lives? Uh, how many Kyles do you know, Mister E? I know because we know one collectively. Too many. I know four that I can think of off the top of my head. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Too many is my answer. Too many for yeah. you. Because we all know one Kyle, uh, but uh, so here's a call to the rest of those Kyles as well. And if you're listening, Kyle, any Kyle out there, yeah. listen to this. I like the Kyle memes about the monsters. Like anyone, if you ever, there's memes basically, and you see monster drinks, and the people they're all named Kyle all the time. I've what? Yeah, what? You know what I'm talking about? Mr. Yes. Yeah, it's a meme thing. Like yeah. basically, it's like I don't know. People named Kyle drink monster drinks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, they got another thing to do now. Uh, this is a, a tweet or a uh, press release from a city. It's the city of Kyle, and it's attempting to break the Guinness record for – here's their quote. Uh, the city of Kyle is attempting to break the Guinness world record for gathering the most Kyles, spelled that way, which is <laughs> K-Y-L-E-S. Or okay. K-Y-L-E, Kyle. Okay. Uh, spelled that way. In one place at the annual Kyle Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival on Labor Day. Weekend okay. at Kyle at Lake Kyle. So they're Oof. attempting to break this record. Okay. So, so they want all the Kyles to go to the city to, to and migrate. participate in this festival. And I thought that was fun because we know, obviously, like I only know one Kyle, but Mystery, you know quite a few Kyles. I do, yes. Get the, get oh. them on board with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the city of Kyle is in Texas, by the way. I okay. say it's more of a, a Kyle to arms. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, Not bad. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Right. That's pretty good. Uh, uh. <laughs> so the annual Kyle Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival will be uh, September 3rd through the 5th. And I thought this was interesting. I had to look up what the last record was. And apparently there's no necessarily record for each name. So there's no, like, the most Sean's gathered in one say, place. This is a, I was about to say, because this is a fucking Kyle record. Bunch of monster drinking monsters <laughs> over there. Fast going crazy. Yeah. Bunch of Max's and Sean's. We don't have festivals. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, there's no festivals exactly. for us. But uh, so the, the current Guinness World Record for the largest name 
same name gathering, first name only, belongs to <clears throat> Kapriski Koshi in Bosnia. That's the city. And oh, I was like, that's the name. <laughs> and Herzegovina, with a total of 2,325 participants named Ivan. So they got 2,325 Ivans together. How do you confirm that? I imagine you have to register because to get into this hot air balloon festival, you need to um, pass through a gate. And if your name's Kyle, you can get in for free. Yeah, Kyle Gate. Yeah, exactly. So uh, everyone else has to pay, you know, 10, 15, whatever it is to get in. But uh, Kyle's get in free. Obviously, incentive there. So I'd have to pay to go to this motherfucking thing? Yeah. I'm surprised that fight earlier this year what was it like the joshua fight or something wasn't the wasn't the record i'm surprised Uh, i was thinking that but but i mean 2500 is a lot it is it really is i can see like hundreds of people at the was it josh yeah it was a different okay yeah yeah. i can see hundreds of people there but i don't know about thousands yeah that's quite a bit especially ivans i didn't know there were that many ivans in the world must be a popular name. Man, if there was a Jose battle or fight, that'd be a tsunami. <laughs> that'd be so badass. So on the flip side of this, the city of Max, North Dakota, is asking all Maxes to stay as far away as possible. <laughs> talking, yeah, see? It was funny. I even said that before. I even said this joke shit. But I was like, I don't know. Yeah. No here's, other Max would be interested. Here's the thing. My joke originally started as uh, Max, uh, Kentucky. And then I was like, oh, is, there a, is there a city of Sean? So I started a little Googling and whatnot. And I was like, oh, the city of Sean like, doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, okay. The city, the city of Mystery. Like, is there a city named Mystery? Doesn't exist. Damn. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and, then, damn. and then I looked up the city of Max. There's a, there's a city of Max, North Dakota. Oh. Wow. Actually, yeah. Let me see what the population here is. So I was almost thinking it'd be hard because the word Max is, always comes up in Max population. So you, uh, Google would always be like, well, max uh, population of what? Max population. <laughs> so uh, the population of Max, North Dakota is 316. <laughs> That's a small little town. Yeah. So they're not breaking any max records anytime soon. Well, I can take them. I can take that over. It's established, though. It's there. So it that's is something. It'll grow. You guys don't have towns. We don't. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. We know what we need to work on now, though. <laughs> exactly. We exactly. need towns. <laughs> So I was reading this article, and I, was, I found it fascinating, but it might be a little strange. So let's just go right into it, and then we'll you'll see why it's cool, hopefully. But researchers in Japan have developed a way to freeze-dry mouse sperm on plastic sheet weighing paper so that samples can withstand being mailed via postcards. Let's unpack that. <sighs> what, just, what just happened? What did I just say? Why okay. are we talking about this? Okay. Freeze-dried so mouse sperm. You just Turn told me way. they're going to have a mouse come on a, on a postcard, Correct. and then they're going to freeze-dry it or some shit yes. and send it through traditional mail, and mail it. with people touching it? Yes. <laughs> Mailing it. But, huh. Okay. Seems like there'd be a better option there to send your medical samples. and doesn't that, Isn't that like a breach of some sort of fucking... Sanit- sanitation rule. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Japan does sell like used panties on the street, yeah. so that, I mean, that's exactly. okay. Vending machines. I mean, once it's in the mail, it's all just magic gravy. <laughs> <laughs> just don't kids. tell them you're shipping alcohol and you're good. And so, yeah, the guy who uh, basically came up with this method, he even says, like, when I developed this method for preserving mouse sperm by freezing drying it on a sheet, I thought that it should be able to be mailed on a postcard. And then when offspring were actually born after it was mailed, he was impressed. They've already <laughs> made mouse like mice from this sperm that they've mailed that they've mailed through the mail 
on a basically a piece of essentially a piece of paper. They must like <laughs> laminate it somehow to the piece of paper. So they like they like they they spread There's it a out. Piece of plastic involved. Wow, you yeah yeah because I mean they spread the they spread the sample out like uh like jelly on a piece of toast. Yes, and then they put the cellophane on top of that to preserve the jelly. That's what I'm guessing. The, I'm assuming the it's something wrap. like that too. Yeah, I was just wondering how they get the jizz out of the mouse. Just like oh, that's the easy part. Like, just, uh, uh, like you know, how to, that? how to blow them. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that reminds me of uh, what was it the. Um, Beer the fest. Andy- oh, okay. I was like the Andy Dix. Uh, there was like an Andy D- uh, Dix skit, like on MTV, something where he he's the guy who jacks off all the animals. <laughs> he jacks off like bats and. and it, That's bears pretty much the beer fest sketch as well. They have a dedicated frog jerker. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's sitting there talking to the guys while the frog's like ribbit, 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 ribbit. ribbit. <laughs> well, this is important though, man. This is important, man, because if you think about it, like all the before, if you wanted to send some mouse sperm. Via the mail, you'd have to put it in glass jars and stuff, and those those could break, and that's that's not good for anyone. Glass is bad, and <laughs> and then like it's cheaper, and evidently people are swapping mice sperm all over the place. That's why I wanted, this is why this thing is funny. I have more little facts about this, but I didn't realize there's a huge market with this. But there's a whole <laughs> sperm swapping thing, and I think it's with more than mice. But for now, it's mice. We're talking about mice. So this guy who who invented this strategy, he said, "Uh, the postcard strategy was easier and cheaper compared to any other method." And he thinks the sperm never expected to be one day be in a mailbox. <laughs> and then I made a note here of Sean. Please tell us your jizzing in a mailbox story. Oh, so for yes. for legal reasons, I'm not allowed to talk about that mm. on air. Like mm. the post office is real sensitive about it that. Is. So but you, I did have you a can, thought. You could change the names and stuff if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So her name was Stephanie. Okay. At least a mailbox. I, I thought it was Stephanie. I thought I I thought it was a female box, but apparently oh, it turned out to be a mailbox. Oh shit! So long story short, my egg on my face. But dumb bum. Um. Okay, that was a lie. He is not just in a box. Oh, by the way. Well, maybe in a box, a mailbox. We got. We're getting way too specific here. Again, back female to the, boxes. God, let's clean this shit up. Let's get back to the mouse room. Anyway, so so this team was actually the the team that free that. Where that first succeeded in freeze driving, uh, freeze drying uh, sperm, basically, my sperm. Good for them. And you know, why they had to do it initially, though, is um, they had to send it up to the space station to study the effects of space radiation on baby mice. Ooh, okay. You hooked me with that one. Right. So there's a reason we're sending sperm. They, they said they're sending the shit to space. Wait, wait, wait. So they sent sperm to space to inseminate mice that were already in space, and then they gave birth. In space to baby mice? That's uh, what I'm assuming, yes. But I'll tell you more about it, though, because... Very cool. Because they said, so the sperm was originally preserved in a glass ampule, or which is basically a small glass bottle thing. And even though the glass bottles are small, they are quite bulky and broke easily, mm. and then rendered the sperm unusable. And so then the team needed large... Oh, yeah, the team needed large volumes of mouse sperm for their research in space. Um, but it because, like jelly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They need large, I love... They need large volumes of mouse sperm. But uh, but because cushions had to be used to prevent breakage during the rocket launch, they can only carry a small amount. So this method would be able to launch a bunch of mouse sperm up to space. There's got to be, be great? a better way of collecting mouse sperm than jerking off each mouse. Because I mean, like, how much does that yield? It can't yield that much. You got to like syringe that stuff it's out of them. It's probably some horrible. Like they they electrocuted in some place and it just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't want to look that. But I, but uh, yeah, I was wondering too. Like a finger up the butt or something. But like the need for it, how much need there is. Like they're like they couldn't get enough of it for the space station. They wanted more, and they couldn't get enough. 
to study of the this, radi- like of this what? thoroughbred mouse sperm. See, that's what I'm almost thinking too. Yeah, these guys must be specimens. I think there is some yeah. like a like a like maybe some mouse fights somewhere like like oh this is the prize alpha mouse and like You're oh yeah sure. here's I'll send a postcard make them fuck this one and then that's gonna be so like horse racing and like horse sperm is yeah. valued and you Something. know so and... I imagine it's the same with this. And so it's kind of a way, too, to, like, you know, store – oh, yeah, I have to get back to this part. So with this new method of preservation, thousands of mouse strain sperm could be stored in a single book, dubbed the sperm book by the scientists. Ooh. The sperm book. Yeah, basically a sperm book and, like, you know, seed, there's seed banks out there, so why not sperm books full of genetic material? Like, maybe there's, like, the whale section, there's the bear section. Oh. Oh, look. Did you do this with humans even? I was even, like – it doesn't mention this at all in this article, but I was like, could this be some sort of – forensic thing like maybe you well i don't know maybe that would help the forensic is this like carbonite like you're freezing this stuff in carbonite and it can just sit in a room temperature room for ever without going bad well right now they said the sperm books at negative 30 degrees celsius right now and that is one of their goals is to the next goal is to be able to store them for at least one month at room temperature but but how how do you ship a postcard it at I, I, yeah, there has to be something, some other contraption to it. Oh, uh, what they're doing? Well, no, because if you're shipping a postcard, sure, you could freeze dry it all you want and whatnot. But the second that postcard hits your mailbox and then goes into the mailman's bag and sits out all day while that person's doing their rounds, mm. and then goes to the office, gets shipped through a bunch of machines, like it's not getting refrigerated during all that time. For so sure. there has to be True. some sort of half life to it. There must be something because, like, so the team, um, they basically did. They mailed a. A sample tens of miles, and then that worked. So I don't know what it was. It's tens of miles. Um, that means then, ten, <laughs> probably <laughs> exactly. And then one scientist uh, basically wrote "Happy New Year" on the on the sperm card. So I like how they're like fucky with it. Like, oh, Happy New Year! Here's a sperm postcard oh type of deal. Like, if I was their mailman and I read this story, <laughs> I know. everything I handled from this place would be used with tongs. Now I just bring like gloves and tongs. Yeah. No way. I mean, in theory, like I said, like um, there's some type of plastic involved too. Like, so because the plastic, um, because the plastic sheets are too toxic for the sperm, but it's like so they use this weighing paper and be- so between using a little bit of plastic, almost like you kind of like you said, plastic and the paper, some sort of laminate. It, yeah, basically, yeah. Free, you know, it's like the cup of noodles except with jizz, and then you can just mail that <laughs> shit. You know, that shit's freeze dry. <laughs> I was thinking more like an acid tap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you put the acid on the paper, but then you put the paper inside you and it dissolves and the acid gets in you. So like sperm, you put, yeah. you just, you just kind of. Mouse sperm. Sh- like I said, this is only about mouse sperm. We have not, we, we don't know if this works for all the other one, but you'd think, you'd think. That's why they're sending all the mice up to space because they're mice kind of like us. Right? So they want to see what the mouse babies do with radiation. I mean, a banana shares like 80% of our DNA. So sure. <laughs> That's I mean, to I a like degree. Eating. I know, that's true. You go to that rabbit hole. <laughs> this desk probably does, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, is it that time? I think so. All right. Hey. Hey. Hey, Mr. Hey. Uh, Mr. Maestro Man. Maestro. Do you have a topic for us? Give us something. Please. I was hey. going to draw out of the hat. Okay. So I'll tell you about the hey. game right now. Hey. Here's what we're up to. We're about to play our game. What's better than most is our weekly debate game where we randomly choose two subjects. Then our judge, in this case me, puts a spin on them. And then our other two contestants debate it. And I get to pick a winner. And I'm feeling frosty tonight, gentlemen. Oh. Depending on what we get here. He's... Maestro was supposed to be ready, but he's not. Oh, no, he's... Here's here's the problem. He doesn't have a... Well, then give me the hat. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even look... I saw you... I did, I did 
we looked away. Like we gave it to him, and he was like going through it. And, like I thought it was done. Ah, oh, fuck. They're all bad. They're pretty bad. Well, then here, let me let me just pick they're, one then. Unless they're pretty you bad, he says. We'll come up with one right now. So Maestro was too slow with that uptake there. So I went to my reserved list here, and the topic for you two tonight, gentlemen, is Captain Planet versus Smokey the Bear. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. So if you're not familiar with Captain Planet, he's a uh, okay. omnipotent creature willed to life by five, five teenagers, teenagers of different ethnicities and probably sexual orientations uh, and nowadays, with yes. power yeah. rings. And uh, Smokey the Bear is a uh, talking cartoon bear that hates fire, I guess. Yes. All right. So after that, we'll be back with the prompt. And we're back from the break, and I've had uh, quite a bit of time to think about this one, and I think I got the question for you, folks. That's good. Here it is. First of all, Max, I am awarding you Smokey the Bear. Fuck. Mr. E, you are representing Captain Planet. Okay. Mr. E, by the way, you're going to go first. Yes. All right. So here's your your question. If you were a prostitute- Oh, God. Who would you rather have as your pimp, Captain Planet or Smokey the Bear? Do you need me to repeat the question? Yes. <laughs> yeah, just to spell it. Yeah. How do you spell it? Use it in a definition. <laughs> if you were a gentleman of the night, who would you rather have as your pimp, a.k.a. your boss, your handler, your uh, manager, per se? Smokey the Bear or Captain Planet? All right, Mr. E, we are starting with you, and you are on in three, two, one, go. Okay. You'd rather have Captain Planet as your pimp because, first of all, he's good looking. He's widely recognized by many. One of the most important points is that he's used to handling women of all shapes, sizes, colors, ethnicities from all over the planet (laughs) because that's the whole thing with Captain Planet. He represents good in everything, so he's going to represent everything that's good sexually with prostitutes. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see. Where do I go with this? Okay. um, Yeah. uh, He's super powerful, so you would know that you're always safe around your pimp and that if if anyone ever owed you money, you would just send him after him. And he's just like – you would use six of your prostitutes or five or however many it is to summon him. So there would be a different <laughs> prostitute of the, all dressed in a different color. And then they would do like a summoning ritual to bring out because they don't have the rings. So they just you know draw like a circle on the ground or something. And they'd summon Captain Planet and then he would – then be the pro- the best pimp in the planet. Oh, because you were done. I was going to say how much time. Oh my god, dude, we're just bitching about time. Like, <laughs> I <okay>. was, <laughs> I fucked up. Maybe the alarm god, is the better way to hard. do this. Okay. All right, Max, you are on in three, two, one, go. Okay, if I was a prostitute, I'd rather have Smokey the Bear as my pimp because he's a bear, number one. So he's scary. He has all the powers of a bear, but he could talk. Uh, he has a better active paint ad campaign than a uh, friggin' Captain Planet. That's for sure. Like everyone knows Smokey, Smokey the Bear, but. Captain Planet, like, only people, like, in the 90s kind of know about that. But, like, Smokey has way more money behind him. He's no <laughs> more people. Uh, and then um, only only he can pre- prevent that dick from getting some. That deal. So, like, he – only you can prevent this dick from getting some. I think it sounds better, actually. So that's his new slogan when it comes to that. And, I mean, dude, he doesn't hit his hose. He pays on time. He protects me from the pervs. And he prevents forest fires. Like, hello, 
that's what I want as my pimp versus Captain Flake over there who's like he has to take all the five kids like to get together to even four like what happens when when a hoe's getting hit he's off he's not like he's five kids are at school doing some bullshit they they can't summon Captain Planet Smokey Elise is a person that all all the time and he talks and And he's a bear it's scary you are done can't summon Captain Planet all the time okay Mr. E, are you ready for your 30-second rebuttal? No. All right, starts <laughs> right now. Okay. You said it yourself that he's a bear. He's scary. How is this bear who's scary going to recruit a, a harem of women that are going to work for him? Captain Planet's <laughs> attractiveness is going to get him so many more clients because he's used to everything around the world. So he's just going to travel to a new place and he's going to colonize all these fucking prostitutes. And they're all going to be able to sum him at any time he wants. So it's not like he has to travel anywhere. So, I mean, he would be the ultimate pimp. He's just used to used to everything. He's been around the and world. He's done. well-cultured. All right. Uh, we'll travel to new places to gather his stable of hose. Okay. Max, are you ready? Three, yes. two, one, go. Well, fuck it. Smokey has a shovel, so he can defend the ladies really well. And he has a heart of gold, though. Like, he's scary to other people, to, like, people who would hurt his hose. But to his hose, he has a heart of gold. And, like, he, he runs the forest, and he also... He rules the forest in the, in the cities with a strong pimp hand. And he prevents <laughs> forest fires, and he prevents hose from being hurt. And that's... People don't listen to the whole commercial, but that's really how it goes. And... Five seconds. Fuck your harem. <laughs> and then the harem comes with the yeah, Like, forest prostitutes and are the best. Done. Forest prostitutes. <laughs> okay. That was hard. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm sorry. I thought this would be easier. <laughs> okay. Uh, so some points I liked here uh, were uh, fuck your harem, of course. That's, that's a very strong point. <laughs> Uh, I think your Max's uh, your whole your rhyme. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. The whole idea of you can only only you can prevent that dick from getting some. So like it really puts the 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 Bad pressure campaign. on the individual to pay the bill yes. and whatnot. Like Smokey is kind of a he's a very progressive pimp. Yes. He's not. He's not out there. He's just. He wants to send the message that you know everyone can get some, yeah. but only you can prevent only yourself. Only you are preventing this from happening. <laughs> um, Captain Planet here. Uh, I like the idea that he was good looking. That was kind of that was an interesting point. Like I never thought of a an ugly pimp versus a good looking pimp. And then the idea that he could travel to new places to gather his stable. <laughs> That was a hard one to get. I just, I just never mentioned. The, I just kept saying the forest. That was a hard one. Right, you got to, you got to fill that bullpen. I never considered filling the bullpen. Uh, so he's super powerful. So you're always safe around your pimp. That that was very interesting. Um, now, I, something, <laughs> something, something you said, Max, that was fun was. Uh, he had a better ad campaign. I don't know if that'd be good or not. Like if your pimp is famous, <laughs> but either way, they're both famous. Yeah, right. So, um, I think I'm going to give this one to Captain Planet. Wow. Whoa. Shit. What an upset. <laughs> Based on the idea that you could travel to new lands to recruit your pimps. That, I, I shouldn't have even shut up. As I said, I was like, that was a good point. As he hadn't even made a decision yet. <laughs> Dude, sometimes it takes 45 seconds of bullshit to like hit something good and you just get it out really I quick. It then, really does. Sometimes it wins. I remember when you say that too, like he can collect all these chicks. I'm like, uh, I always I said, like, well, whatever. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to even address it. All right. GG, folks. GG. GG. GG.
All right, so uh, the last story we brought up was talking about uh, mouse sperm and how thoroughbred mouse sperm apparently is a sought-after thing. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me of this story that I got here about horses. Horse sperm? Oh, God. Not necessarily horse sperm, just horses. Lame. Did you guys know horse racing and horse dancing were in the Olympics? No. Well, not dancing. Is this the because I've seen that clip where uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart are making fun of the oh he's crip walking now. Have you not seen that? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. I haven't seen that clip. Oh yeah, Snoop Dogg. He's like doing commentary on the Olympics, and it's like a real clip, and it shows these horses like doing some weird thing, and then all of a sudden he goes like oh he's crip walking now, and then Kevin Hart's <laughs> tripping out, and they're it's funny. I have not seen that. Oh my look God. it up. That sounds funny. So uh, this story came across my desk, and it comes from the 2021 Olympics currently taking place. Excuse me, not currently. It ended uh, August 8th. So it was a, about a week ago. So, yeah. so during the qualifying rounds of an equestrian show jumping event. Equestrian? Yeah. Show jumping? Equestrian show jumping. Okay. So, so fancy horse jumping event that's in the Olympics. I didn't fucking know that. Yeah. <laughs> horse dance. I know where there's dog dancing for getting in the hill. In how do you horse? At first, I was thinking, like, do you dance with the horse? But I imagine you're just on top of the horse. Yeah, you know, you're on top of the horse, and then it trots a certain way. It does things, and it jumps, <laughs> it and blah, blah, blah. So the uh, these horses were running the course and doing the jumps and whatnot, and they turns out a couple riders didn't like a particular statue that was by one of these jumps because it spooked their horses. Uh, uh, was it perfect, like a weird shape or something? It was a life-size statue of a sumo wrestler that was squatting and, like, ready for action. Like a bear or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it spooked some of these horses. And uh, a lot of these riders, you know, gave up a fuss and whatnot. Like, oh, fucking, yeah, like. My, fuck the statue. Yeah, this is the Olympics. And I'm relying on my horse to win a gold medal here. And yeah, like, yeah, you got statues of snakes out here just spooking the horses left and right. Totally, totally. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm thinking like, well, you know, maybe this was a plant from Japan. Uh, you know, why isn't the sumo horse wrestling psychology. in the the Olympics? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're trying to scare the horses. Yeah, let's, and they train their own horses like like to you know accept the fat man. Totes, totes. So, uh, quote: This is from. Israel's writer, uh, Teddy Vlock, and he says, quote, you know, horses don't want to see a guy like looking intense next to a jump, looking like he's ready to fight you. <laughs> like jump in the way <laughs> so, or something. Yeah, yeah for sure. Makes more sense. So the horses see this guy like ready for action and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that, that makes actually way more sense now. It's like almost like a timid, like someone's jumping in your way. Like, are you going to get in the, uh, uh, I don't want to fuck that. So the horse is probably more hesitant. Yeah. So uh, on the other hand, Britain's writer, Scott Brash, says he said a lot of bullshit but uh quote it's fantastic that's what makes it a championship if it was just plain old jumps it would just be any other week which i mean you gotta sympathize with right at at the end of the day this is the olympics this is for the the Mm. most trained the most well-bred the most this and that we don't need some statue bullshit throw that off well, he's fine with it. Apparently, his horse did well, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure everyone bitchy's probably the ones their horse fucked up. It's like, oh, it's that damn statue. Yeah. So uh, the funny part was the sumo wasn't even facing the track. It was facing away. So these horses were just scared by this muscular back and ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> the clap of the ass cheeks of that sumo is just distracting my horse. They did replace the statue. 
but uh, they were clear that it was part. I, I thought this was funny. They did replace the statue, but they wanted to make it fucking crystal clear that it was part of a scheduled rotation of the statues and not because of rider pressure. Yeah, they wanted the Olympics wanted to die on that hill. They're like, we're not we're not kowtowing to the pressure here. We're just this is a scheduled rotation of statues. This is what has to happen with the statues, bros. Yeah, totally. I thought that was fun. Uh, I've got another Olympic story, but I'm saving that one for episode sixty nine, which is going to be our sexy episode. Oh yeah, sex stories. Max is super excited about this one. I keep forgetting. No, it's always he always reminds me on air. I'm like, okay, remind, think of sex stories. That sperm one could have been a sex story. Totally could have. God, like <sighs> I come across so many stories that are sex related. Can I use the sperm one again? No, I don't think so. You can change it to like monkey sperm, and I might be surprised. <sighs> Although it is I in forgot. like a couple weeks, so I'll probably forget everything we talked about on cool. this episode. I know that happens sometimes. Sometimes we mention it like, oh, remember All we talked time. about this? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally remember that. All right. Have you guys heard of, I think it's called Psyche 16. I don't think it's Psyche. Psyche. No. 16? Psyche? 16? Psyche 16. Nothing. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's an asteroid. I didn't think you guys had heard of it. But um, supposedly it's worth 140 quintillion dollars. Ooh, because it's loaded with precious minerals that we need to mine out of it. Yeah, it's well, it's basically made of uh, iron and nickel. Um, but uh, yeah, it's twenty percent metal, and yeah, that those the amount of the metal would be worth one hundred forty quintillion it's dollars. Only so how do we get it to hit us? <laughs> <laughs> how do we get it to I come to us? <laughs> so it's only worth that because of the amount of money it would take to mine that, right? Well, I think it is because of the. There's other rare metals in there too, but it's made mostly of. Uh, nickel and iron and stuff, but there's no actual metal, so let's get that out of our heads. Like it's not like I'm gonna say it's full of gold or something. Like so, but just all the precious metals in there supposedly is worth this much. But um, why why I'm mentioning though because yeah, it's out there in this asteroid belt. So who gives a shit? Is NASA <laughs> actually uh, plans to send a probe to the asteroid in 2022? So next year they're sending a probe out there, and then it should be get there by 2026. So you know it's gonna take some years to get out there. What's the probe gonna do? It's going to basically assess this uh, asteroid, you know. For basically. mining potential? Well, I mean, that's not what they're saying. But at the same time, like, you got to still first step do something. Like, they're studying the asteroid belts. And this, what they really think it is, is it could be uh, the core of a planet. Like, maybe Ooh. a planet core, like a failed one, possibly. That's cool. So the, and they're hoping it is, because if so, obviously, we can't necessarily study our core. We can make a lot of assumptions, but we can't actually go up to and look at it. Not yet. So they've picked this one because they think it is like a core per se not until we get that uh, unobtainium metal exactly until we get unobtainium so this could be a way to actually study a quote-unquote core but you know there's no it could not be that too so we have to wait you know years for to actually study it but that's what they think per se and what's cool too uh the what am i trying to say the uh the probe when it gets there by 2026 it's going to get there with a gravity assist from mars so at some point it's going to go by mars and like go slingshot it off yeah exactly Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah, the mission is uh, what I this is what I was trying to get at earlier is basically to collect more data from the asteroid, include the measurements of its gravity and potential electromagnetic fields, as well as, as if it, it basically yeah, if it's a a core of a planet. If it's a planet core, exactly. See, yeah, I wonder how practical that knowledge is because sure, it's kind of fun to know like oh, you know, if this is a planet core, it's twenty percent this and thirty percent that, and we never thought it'd be five percent this and exactly. But practically, what? 
how, what is how does that help us? Well, there was some of that already too because um, I always think it's going to help us with the interstellar mining going forward. Oh well, because this information is going to be you know really important. Am I right? So, like we said, like I said, it's twenty percent metal, and um, so basically they found that this uh, asteroid it didn't emit uh, the kind of polarized light a highly metallic bo- um, highly metallic body should. So. They, they now think the, that the metal-rich asteroid produced less polarized emissions than metal-poor ones. And so this is basically a, a contradiction to what they expected. So basically they studied it with their instruments, and it shined and looked a different way than they thought it would. And so if this – and they know it's still a metal-core thing. So I'm almost thinking it sounds like they can calibrate their their instruments and now maybe find more metallic asteroids oh, out there so, there you so go. again so okay. the fact that they already you know figured out like hey we thought i'd do this but now it actually it does this that's, that's fun. actually good um but it, it, it basically yeah i think it's for for mining well because for mining yeah if we if we classify this one learn from this one then we'll be better able to identify other asteroids for possible maybe, mining maybe easier ones or something to get exactly to or like let's get one that we can move i love like in the expanse, they have these little, like little, basically like little drones, and then there's a little fire thing on the back they can control. So they just send them out and grab something, and it's like they can control it instantly. Well, yeah, I mean, if we can drag an asteroid back to Earth and shoot it down somewhere in some uninhabited area where we could retrieve it for mining purposes, I don't know. Maybe that's something. Let's crash it into something. Well, I'm thinking like maybe the moon. Death Valley. Ooh, I like the moon. You crash it, dude. Fuck, fuck yeah. The backside. The moon's great. Yeah. 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 Crash it in the moon. Maybe like maybe drag it to the moon and, and like kind of smash it up. And could you imagine if that mission failed? <laughs> that would be a fucking nightmare. Smashing. How could smashing the asteroid into a moon or planet mission fail? <laughs> <You're> stupid. <laughs> How could that fail? <laughs> Too big the mission to, fail. to smash the comet into the planet. Fail. Yeah, no, that safe. <laughs> exactly. But um yeah, so by twenty twenty six or twenty seven we should be getting some information about this, you know, possibly a planet core, possibly this because I mean once we get this quintillion, man, we're gonna get a piece of that. <laughs> it's quintillions. We're gonna get like a a million will be nothing at that point. Come on, man. Yeah. So quintillion well, is that billion, after there's billions, yes, and there's billions and trillions, and I didn't even look up I'm assuming quintillions next, but I'm not sure. But right, and then it's past trillions. Gajillion is that the next one? <laughs> I think buttload but- is, is up there. <laughs> I think officially. <laughs> how many? How many buttloads do you have? Well, uh, the article actually started. They they thought it was going to be 700 quintillion. They're like, oh, actually, because they thought the whole thing was metal, and they're like, oh, it's actually 20. percent So it's actually 140 quintillion now. You deal so with they, imaginary qua- numbers at I that know, point. What does it matter? They're quantifying it already. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid, but yeah. So I just thought it was a cool. I like our space missions here, and that's this seems like a Ferengi mission, early stages. Oh yeah, I want to because I want to mine the space. I want to be a space miner, big time. Oh, big do, time. We, do we have an answer about the quintillion? It has eighteen zeros in it, so Ooh. it's one and then eighteen zeros. Wow, so that's what it looks like. Okie dokie, in number form right here. Wow, yeah, that's you quite a bit. That. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> all right. I got a space story here for you. We've always talked about beaming power from some sort of solar array in orbit back to Earth. Do you remember talking about this? And it's been bantered back and forth a few times. Beaming power, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's always been kind of a pipe dream until now. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks to a $100 million donation to Caltech, and the donation came from uh, Donald and Bridget Bren. 
Shout out. Where the fuck they get that money? All right. They're the Caltech trustees. Um, and what they what they what they did there is they gave Caltech one hundred million dollars to help get this program off the ground, literally. And Caltech is planning on sending up solar cells or solar Sales panels. Or okay, cells. Yeah, solar panels uh, attached to some sort of array that will convert the energy into radio signals and beam it back down to Earth. Space laser, death ray, evil villains. You're not wrong here because that's some of the opposition they're facing. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I, like people are fighting back against 5G and the vaccine right now, so yeah. you know, people yeah. will fight back against anything. Right, <laughs> they don't quite understand. I like my 5G signal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I'm fine with the government spying on me yeah. being 5G. Ah. They can irradiate my balls and yeah, lower my sperm count. Please I'm fine do. with that. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the. Space-based solar pro- power project, or SSP, um, will use six foot by six foot solar panels weighing nine pounds each, and they will be launched into orbit to collect sunlight without the interference of weather, which is a huge detriment to exactly. solar panels. It's always in the way. Yeah, that shit's always. Weather is the villain of the sun. Of collecting. collecting. Yeah, absolutely, big time. Uh. It will convert the sunlight into energy and then into radio waves that will transmit the power to Earth. Then we will collect those signals on Earth and transfer that into usable electricity. So the radio waves are going to like move the water wheel? Not necessarily. The, mi- the miles or something is going to be like all like... Well, again, yeah, we're pretty primitive. You know, we like we use nuclear technology and whatnot, but at the end of the day, we use it to move spin, that wheel, spin something, like yeah. you're saying, yeah, yeah, and convert it into uh, mechanical energy. So, yeah, we're not we're not quite Star Trek level yet. Um, Jetpack man is, but that's another story. But no, it would. So, solar panel, solar power, mm. solar power, solar power. Um. That's how they'll be doing this. And then converting it to radio waves via magic and then collecting it mm-hmm. via magic yes. on the surface. I know how solar panels work. Jesus. So, yeah, there's no there's no moving will in this situation. There's no <laughs> mechanical energy at all. Um, it They don't know if this will work efficiently. They definitely expect some loss of energy in there, but they don't know how efficient this will be. So this is just a really big experiment. Fingers. Yeah. How many millions you said already? 100 million. I thought you said that. Okay, yeah. Just an experiment. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they expect to learn a lot from this experiment, even, you know, maybe even something that will help in the future. I'd do it for half that. Fucking. You constantly say that. No, you have no resources. I, I, I'd find them, though. <laughs> I probably could do I can come under budget on that. These guys are ripping them off. They plan to launch the probe in, or excuse me, the satellite in 2023. Yeah, we're, we're launching a bunch of stuff coming up. Right? I thought that was super fast, and I love it, because, you know, it, hopefully we'll still be doing this podcast in 2023, and we can report on that. That'd be super awesome. From the desert of California. <laughs> exactly. I want to talk about a, a meta fabric I was reading about that sounded really cool. Um so this fabric basically reflects light and heat away to a remarkable degree. It's uh, basically developed by scientists in China, and uh, they're hoping it can be used to keep the human bodies cooler. But uh, it can also be used as like for like maybe a car cover or other things. But um, basically, here's like the idea behind this material. It reflects light and heat? 
reflects light and heat. And so, huh. in theory, by reflecting much of the light across those wa- uh, across the wavelengths of, you know, the VR, UV ranges, all the wavelengths, pretty all the wavelengths. So pretty much by reflecting much of the light across all those wavelengths, the material should also reflect heat away before it has a chance to be absorbed. So it reflects light mostly, but it also reflects heat because all those wavelengths are getting bounced off it in theory. That's interesting because it feels like the heat would be a side effect of the light. I guess because the light's hitting the something, it's bouncing on it and creating the right. Because that's how heat. that's how I always interpreted the idea of the sun heating up whatever you know your your car or your the asphalt t-shirt, what have you. Yeah. yeah, the idea of the light has a certain amount of energy in it, and when it hits that surface and the light reflects off of it, it leaves that energy behind, which gathers and creates heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea that it reflects the lights so efficiently, like even a mirror would heat up. So this I is, this believe, yeah, be, mirrors do heat up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so this has to be more efficient than it, a it mirror. Is. Yeah. That reflects like, all lights. Like, do mirrors heat up? But yeah, they do. Huh? Like, yeah. Uh, the, if you touched it, it'd be freaking hot. Yeah. Cause it still catches the light and reflects it. Mm-hmm. So now it's like just dissipating all the heat basically. The, so this metafabric, it exhibits, it's calling efficient radiative Coolive performance. Efficient radiative cooling performance. Okay. And that's what it is. It's like bouncing all those things off. So it uses titanium oxide, polyactic acid, composite nanoparticles, laminated with a thin layer of, I'm not even going to try that. Okay, I will. Polytetrafluoroethylene. Oh, that wasn't bad. (laughs) And is designed to strongly reflect light, encompassing both visible light. And wavelengths in the in the in the mid infrared and ultraviolet ranges, and like I said, all that stuff gets reflected mostly, so light and heat. And so, with such a wide distri- uh, distribution of nanoparticles, um, it provides a broad spectrum scattering and reflects across all these different spectrums. So again, I think it sc- must be the scattering too. Maybe it scatters oh. the light away and dissipates it in such a. See, that's interesting. You're probably not so ignorant right now. Like, no, that's not what it says at all. But that's what it's saying here. Well, no, because. Uh, I- that's interesting because obviously our eyes are only able to pick up a certain amount of uh, the light spectrum. So they're talking about reflecting everything as or a, a larger majority of that light spectrum. Exactly. Whereas I don't know what a mirror is limited to because all we see is the visual light spectrum reflecting. That's true. From the yeah, it's still absorbing all these other UV whatever. Yeah, so maybe it is absorbing all that extra MV, stuff. MV, UV, Humvee. Well, you said VR and I was like, oh, that can't be right. But you were reading it off the screen. Uh, so I was like, mm, the screen never lies. Well, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it says, we'll see. Yeah, visible, infrared, MIR, ultraviolet, UV ranges, VIS, wavelengths, visible light, I'm assuming. MIR. I've never heard of that one. Mid-infrared. Fucking, what I don't know. Infrared? But it's like, it's just oh, all the stuff. <laughs> like, it reflects all the stuff. It's like, I tried to say that before. I was like, well, let me get some more science in there. That's what I mean. Like, uh-huh. oh. Then I started saying polytetrafluoroethylene. Um <laughs> My favorite particle, by the, way. <laughs> by the way. So they did some tests, basically. And so I'm going to read about this T-shirt test, basically. So they, a volunteer reclined under direct sunlight for an hour while wearing a special vest made from the metafabric on one half and commercial cotton fabric on the other. And then an external thermal camera measured uh, basically the outside and the inside. And um, blah, 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 blah. So the thermal sensors underneath the fabric showed the difference between uh, – the difference underneath the vest was uh, basically – about 40 degrees cooler. So basically wow. what that means is the the cotton one, like under it too, like next to the guy's chest was was 40 degrees cooler with the metafabric than with cotton. That's 40 crazy. Degrees. So it was 4.8 degrees Celsius, which I converted to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, this came from China? 
China as a material. And, and, and then the same thing with the really quick is that they used another experiment to drape it over a car in the sun and it said it was 30 degrees Celsius cooler. And I don't know how much that is with Fahrenheit, but I did the conversion with 4.8 Celsius was 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm imagining 30. That's a lot, basically. That's huge. That, yeah, that's a, that's a lot. That's what I mean. Like at first it sounded like whatever to me until I did the math on the numbers because I don't know Celsius that well. But this one, it, it, basically the difference was that much on one thing so it's really reflecting a lot of stuff so it, it makes me wonder like i want to coat my house in that <laughs> yeah yeah like i said the car was three degrees celsius cooler which who knows how much fahrenheit that is but um so far there you know still data is needed obviously because this is still the beginning stages so um this all the reported information so far is on stationary subjects and objects nothing moving okay and it's also not understood yet how the material would cope with dyes and colors Okay. Which may affect okay. the ability to reflect light, and uh, but they do say the metafabric is inexpensive to produce. Perhaps at, ah! at... <laughs> well, that was okay. that was one of my big questions was, uh, is it mass producible? Okay, because like we know, like we talk about carbon fiber and this and that, yeah. and it's always kind of a pain in the ass to it's make. Like hundred dollars per inch to make something. Yeah, carbon it's... nanotubes. And yeah, anything carbon amazing. is a pain in the ass for sure. No, so this is what they claim. It says it's inexpensive to produce. Perhaps only adding about ten percent to the cost of typical clothing manufacturing. Supposedly, that's ah. what they say. The guy, the China guys. That's very and cool. So, but yeah, they're saying like the through embroidery, cutting, and sewing, the metafabric can be integrated into various products for different scenarios, maybe clothing, tents, car covers, curtains, awnings. So list goes on. It sounds like it has to be the outside layer. Like you couldn't use it as insulation. Probably not. Yeah. Right. Because by that time, it, yeah, maybe it reflects heat. Does it reflect like maybe the cold? Does cold make? It, it probably wouldn't reflect cold. <laughs> I, I don't know. I doubt. I, well, I think heat. Man, we're sounds so well, no, weird now. It's, let's, it's... let's just start with phys- physics for stupid. But like, I, like heat sounds like it has more energy, so it's getting reflected. Cold is the lack of heat, right? So yes. it's just. So but I if think, we're going by the, yeah. I think you're right because if we're going by the idea that like light hitting it transfers that energy from the light yeah. to the surface, mm-hmm. uh, and if this negates that, it scatters it. It sounds like reflects and scatters it, so it dissipates it before it has a chance to create heat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Somehow. Yeah, so if we're going by that, yeah, it probably can't. You don't you don't want to put this stuff inside your cooler and yeah. expect it to keep things extra cold. But if you had it out like some ice and then put this over the the ice for some reason, ice could be that's a bad example. But yeah, put it over something in the sun basically, and it could really help that's, if you can mass produce it. That's super cool. I like it. Do they have like a timetable or anything or uh, applications other than? No, we'll never hear about it again. And whoever <laughs> created it died. And, you know. Yeah. I'd be interested about like opacity of this thing, like whether you can uh, yeah, see through it no or not. There's no pictures either, by the way. Yeah, so it's just a. So I don't. I don't know either about that because they mentioned the dyes and everything. So I wonder if it yeah. has to look a certain way. Because if you could like tint your window, your car windows in this stuff, it probably is like that. You know those like survival blankets that are always shiny. It probably is shiny. Space gross. blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah it probably yeah. is all like. Well, who wants to have that? <laughs> all right. Well, I got a story here. It's. I, I hesitated bringing this one up because it's worse than most things. I know the title of our show is Better Than Most Things, and most of our stories are pretty optimistic about the future. This is the, the newest segment by Sean is <laughs> Worse Than Most Things. This is definitely worse than most things. So this is reported in the Journal of Nature Scientific Reports, and scientists at the University of Hawaii at Monoa Health and Stranding Lab 
that's it. Performed an autopsy at a, on a young dolphin that washed up in 2018. Polyethylurolady. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled it off, bro. Uh, so Christy West, the lead study author, says, quote, the 2018 stranding of the Fraser's dolphin, which Frasier. is the dolphin that washed up in 2018, revealed that we have a novel and very divergent strain of morbillivirus here in Hawaii Hawaiian waters that we were previously unaware of. Morbillivirus in the waters of Hawaii? Yeah. Fuck, I that's my f- least favorite virus that are in the ocean. Morbilla? Mo- it should be. It's a classification of virus that affects all sorts of shit. It's a uh, broad genus of viruses that can cause measles in humans, distemper in dogs and cats, and render pest in cattle. So dolphins have it, and some people have sex with dolphins. That's, so are you saying this could be like the new? I, I don't. So I don't know about. You're saying I know dolphins right? get pretty rapey sometimes, but do people actually have sex with dolphins? Uh, yes. 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 It's not like a donkey. Someone show. made How like do a, you... Someone made a movie or documentary about it. No fucking way. There is. Wait, does the dolphin do the fucking, or do you fuck the dolphin? It was. It's consensual. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, who's female? Who's, who's... Obviously, it's a dude. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> you think some chick? Yeah. Well, a donkey shut show up. is a girl traditionally. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it was a girl dolphin. I'm fascinated. And, Tell and, me more about. I mean, the dolphin show. I, this is like old stories now. At this point, I think it's like some Howard Stern <laughs> thing a long time ago. But it's like some guy, as far as I remember, yeah, the, the they have very human-like vaginas or something, and they like uh-huh. they want to. They, they're like one of the few species that have sex for pleasure or something. Yes. We've heard that. I don't I'm, know. Look I'm it up. Jesus, fascinated. I don't want to Google it. <laughs> Actually, it can up. we Google it here? Because I, I, I don't want to Google it in my house, but we can Google it here. <laughs> just like maybe like the man who had sex with the dolphin. And there's a docu- documentary. It'll pop up. Because <laughs> I, I remember it's called something like something funny. So in 2013... Uh, two morbilloviruses strains were found in dolphins in the Southern Pacific, leading to deaths of at least 50 dolphins. And in Western Australia, over 200 dolphins. Uh, oh, they had 200 dolphins in Brazil and 50 dolphins Is in it a water-based Western Australia. thing? Because, like, you, know, so, I mean, you know, those airborne diseases here? Is that like a waterborne disease? Is it a venereal disease? Are they all have sex and trans doing it that way? I'm not quite sure how it's transmitted. Are they sneezing on each other? But they're super worried about these dolphins in Hawaii because dolphins are traditionally a very social species. Yeah. So they will interact with other cetace- cetaceans, which are whales and male fish. Uh-huh. Or excuse me, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, mammals. Mammal. Yeah, oh, mammal yeah. fish. Mammal fish. Um so they're super worried about the spread of this thing because in Australia, or excuse me, in Brazil, it killed two hundred dolphins. So we have to kill all the dolphins. To I stop guess so. It now. They got their own coronavirus and thing then, going on, dude. That is intense. Yeah, it must be in the waters. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because currently about twenty species of dolphin and whales uh, live in the Hawaiian waters. Oh Jesus! Right? We don't want to lose them, man. But hey, don't don't fear because the virus. Uh-huh cannot jump to humans so we're fine there until someone fucks one <laughs> which we know exists we're looking it up right now <laughs> uh yeah so that was about it for that one um it was it's it's worse than most things yeah yeah 
I like dolphins, although they are kind of rapey, like you said. Like, so they're you know, fuck them too. So, but yeah, you don't want them. Water diseases. That's more. I've never really thought about water disease. That's very human of us, huh? Thinking of air-based diseases and stuff, but like fear the ocean for diseases. I, I, I guess you get it. like yeah, hmm. places a cesspool. Let's that just is. pave Fish over fuck it. it. Everything fucks in it, man. <laughs> All right, so I don't want to bring the show out on that one. So I'll bring it out on a good note. What do you think? Uh, oh, I mean, I, I want to look up the dolphin fucking thing, but yeah. <laughs> I know. You're hard on that. Oh, I, we'll, mean, I can't wait to look it up. No. We'll look that up after. I'm, yes. I'm super curious. Yes. So uh, the two the 2021 Bathroom of the Year has been awarded. Where huh? would that be? I know we're all super curious. Where would that? Yes, exactly. We Every year we always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> so a nationwide accolade, accolade has uh, given by the... Bathroom Supply Kings Cintas, whatever that is. That's a reputable place. They gave out rewards. Yeah. So they've awarded the 2021 Bathroom of the Year to Nashville's historic Hermitage Hotel. Here. Hermitage. Hermitage Hotel. Okay. Nashville's historic Hermitage Hotel. Hermitage? Yeah. And it's the men's restroom off of the lobby. Why is it that one? Is it like famous? I don't think so. I think it's just a really nice bathroom. Any reason why? Like <laughs> hey, here's soft, soft seats or something. Here's how the bathroom is described. Is there a man in there saying hi and giving you mints? Hello. Hi. He talks to you while you're taking a shit. Let's just you keep you company. In there. All right. <laughs> just wondering. Did you see the game on Friday? <laughs> Sports ball. So the lush bathroom is walled in gleaming lime green and black leaded glass tiles, has lime green fixtures, uh, terrazzo flooring, I think that's a type of tile or some shit, and features a two-seat shoeshine station. While you're pooping? Or it's probably a side, like, you can get shined. I think it's one of those, like, airport bathroom things. You just, like, stick your foot under the wall (laughs) and tap twice, and the guy just starts shining your shoe. Yeah, there's the BJ hole, and then there's the shoe hole. Like, oh. Yeah, for sure. If you don't slip, (laughs) like, a five there, you're not getting the BJ. So you sit down. It's like, shoe or dick? Which one? Choose a hole. Well, come on, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to visit this. uh, Oh, by the way, the last bathroom, 2020 bathroom, was the uh, Bancroft Park in Colorado Springs. And when I heard this, I th- I took it way different. Like I thought about like the best place to use the bathroom. So I was thinking like some national forest parks bathroom or something because it'd be like in this cool area. But I guess nicer bathroom is probably a better way to go. Well, speaking of bathroom, do you know in your head do you have a spot picked out like the best shit you've ever taken? Because I do. Do you guys have Do you guys have any of no. those? I have a memorable shit when I ate too much string cheese. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because I I, I, couldn't, I, sh- I couldn't shit for like two or three days, and then when I finally did, it was like a baseball. I literally got shit <laughs> oh a baseball. My god. <laughs> oh my god. That's so. How much did you eat? Like three or four in a day, and ever since then, I never. I only eat like two at most or something. I, I just that's what I assume. I it eat was. string cheese. That's why I'm asking. Well, I, that's, that's what I think I did. I think I ate like three or four or five, maybe. I don't know. I just probably had too much. It's and probably then, not a happy memory, right? That's what I remember it. You just happy you shit ver- after I was, like three I was, days. I've never went, basically if you go to the, basically if you go to the bathroom, I've never. You don't really leave like. Nothing happened, and I wanted it to. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then the next day happens again. Like, oh my gosh, there's a problem here. <laughs> so my mes- my most memorable shit was uh, camping, mm-hmm. and um, 
we were camping by a lake and the rest of the people I was camping with were fishing by the lake and I hiked up the hill and I just, I got by this stump and I did my thing. I put my back against the tree and, you know, I'm taking a shit. And in the meantime, I'm looking out at this spectacular view of just a lake and trees and beautiful nature around me. Oh yeah. It was serene. And I I remember to this day, like, this is the best shit I've ever taken. When did the cops come? (laughs) (laughs) It was if if it Shortly hadn't been after. for those Boy Scouts, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. Best best shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, mine so, was a bad story. Yours is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point. Like the best shit. We're talking about the best shit. Okay, here. yeah. Not okay. I can't think of a good one right now. I have more bad ones. <laughs> you gotta start visiting Chick Fil A. Uh, so the, after like a chick a, a bunch of Chick Fil A spices. Sandwiches again, bad shit. Yeah, yeah, no, good I'll shit. Talk that. about good shit. Like what? Like talk about that time you ate all that salad and it, it just oh, those came are out bad smooth. Shits too. And, uh, I feel bad for you, bro. What are yeah. you doing to your digestive system? I eat poop too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> poop, poop in, poop out. All right. On that jolly Jesus. note, we're gonna end the episode. And uh, thank you. Next time, we'll tell you all about Max's poop eating fetish. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at btmt underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.